Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Hey, you booked it. Congratulations. We're all so excited for you. But what do you do now? We'll talk about it. Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Spielberg, Eastwood, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Roxy? Sean? I, you know, we were off last week for personal incidents and now we're back we're ready to go but evergreen people won't know that and i know what evergreen means incidents is uh quite the word it's a big word it's a big word is it evergreen is big evergreen is big incidents i'm just a man of vocabulary congratulations good for you. you sean thank you very much listen no one really talks about once you book a gig what do you do is there specific things to do how do you behave as you guys have heard on my podcast about, you know, how to deal with rejection and stuff like that, you don't want to be too desperate. You don't want to give a really weird first impression between the booking and when you show up on set. Very famous story of Charles Grodin getting very awkward negotiations uh, because he was done TV, but this was an independent movie, The Graduate. And because it was so awkward and weird in those negotiations and he personally got involved, it was a bad vibe between him and Mike Nichols, and Mike Nichols let him go and hired Dustin Hoffman. Good for Dustin. Yeah. Bad for bad Groban. F- a couple a couple years later, he did The Heartbreak Kid, which was fine, and broke him just as much. It was just as kind of a young indie big hit for him, too. But it was interesting. I never forgot that. And So that's what we want to do. We want to make sure that you remain professional Remain someone who you want to work with between finding out that you booked the job and when you actually go there. But as always, I have with me Miss Phenomenal, Roxy Stryer. You still think so today, Sean? I'll get back to you. Uh, and in the <laughs> boost, Mr. She's been bust. Folks, I'm going to just say this on the air. It's a breaking story. Roxy Stryer. Miss Phenomenal has been busting my uh, balls, as we say back east. I'm a ball buster. She's busting my balls it. ever since I walked into the studio. Uh, I think Jeff has a lot to say. He's so furious, Mr. Fantabulous. What do you have to say about that? It has been ugly, guys. It is a bloodbath <laughs> here in the studio. I'm doing my best to keep it under control. <laughs> Just a little bit of... Uh, well, you didn't tell them what you did, Sean. Well, I... Because I, you're embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. I don't think it was a big deal. I, I double dipped a broccoli, but he I double felt... dipped dipped in the communal broccoli bowl. But I bit off the side that didn't have, and then I went to a different side. I don't think that's the same as the same mouth cookie or crack. Jeff, weigh in. I am. Well, I'm a, first of all, I'm a Seinfeld fan, but second of all, I am a vehement anti double dipper. Thank Sean, you. So I've thank gotta you. Get on okay. Okay. All right. Even though it was a different, it was almost like two sides of a broccoli. It wasn't the same portion. 
Does that matter? That or does make a little difference. Lip? If you deliberately si- yeah, is it the side part? lip? Yeah, I did one part and then I did this, and, and okay. maybe it's the side. But she's concerned. She says the side lip is just as valid as the full mouth. Mm-hmm. That's I think what she I, I land in the middle on that one, so we have Thank a full you. spectrum of opinions. But uh, why did I know that Mr. Fantabulous would be politically correct? I just knew it. He always Shocked. is. He's fantastic at that, though. Uh, so what we're talking about, as we said, but before we get into that, we're going to do uh, a little, you know, uh, it's been a bit, but let's see how we attack it. A Sean's Week. One, two, three. Sean's Week. Very tight. We've it lost was actually nothing. airtight. We've lost nothing. Nope. We are right on top We've of our game. Gained things. So many things have happened in the last couple of weeks. Uh, my sketch show, I put up, had to do two shows. It was really great. The first one, Small Audience. Worked out the kinks. It was on a Sunday afternoon. Playhouse West One Act Play Festival, which they do. Another great thing because they put their student, they do the work in the classes, but then actually get to show it. Um, Sunday, small crowd the first one. Last week, bigger crowd, the 430 slot on a Sunday. Fuller. So it, it, it gets the energy. And this, we culminate the One Act Play Festival this Saturday, 8 p.m., and so that's a nice prime slot for us. So I liked that progression of the time slots, actually. I think it would be harder to have a really great opening slot and then go backwards to, a, like, a Sunday at 1. Did I you think select hard. that? No, random. It was very nice. I mean, it just worked out that way. Everybody had a shot at one of the really good slots, Friday night or Saturday night. But I think that – or, sorry, Saturday night or Sunday night, but – it just worked out that way, and I just love that for my cast so they could work stuff out and uh, really get their groove on. Uh, bumps in the road, production stuff, you know, credit card th- machine not working. Someone said they were going to show up to help. They didn't. You know, things like that, but we worked it out. It was, it, it's been really good, and I'm very, very proud of my cast. So for anybody who actually does watch the show week to week, Sean, they yes. can come if they are in the L.A. Yeah. area. If you're in the LA, L.A. area, go to Playhouse West One Act Play Festival. Look at reservations. People have said the website's a little confusing. But if not, show up at uh, 10638 Magnolia Boulevard at 730 it's gonna. That's when the doors open, and pay five dollars and walk right in. All right, not so, too shabby. Not too shabby. It's a very I fun. You night. said that I owed you ten dollars. Hmm, uh, I see what's happening now. Well, there's a little bit of greasing going on. Wow. Uh, and then, and then, uh, what else went on? I uh, we lost in the horror community a really great man, a star of Devil's Rejects, Night of a Thousand Corpses. He appears in Three from Hell. Sid Haig was on the convention circuit, horror convention circuit, a beloved actor, had a huge career up until, you know, his 50s, later 50s, and Rob Zombie posted that until he put him in Night of a Thousand Corpses, you know, he was kind of slowing down on his acting, reinvigorated it, and such a great guy, and I posted today, and I really believe this, he made everybody feel so great, whoever came to his table to meet his fans, other actors that he worked with at the conventions, people he worked with on sets. He was always so nice, very prideful, and I quoted the Maya Angelou quote that said, you know, they're not going to remember what you wrote or what you did or what you said, but how they made you feel. Sid always made you feel fantastic. And so I started a hashtag, live like Sid. Let's all live like Sid. I love that. And uh, hopefully, it's just a reminder, because he... No matter where he was, even when he was very sick the last year, he never 
talked about it, led on to it, and was just had people, you know, meet him and enjoy that interaction. So uh, a great a great role model in terms of just how to be gracious. And he was so grateful that at 60, he got a huge, huge reboot in his career, thanks to Rob. So uh, that was a tough one. But besides that, a lot of students doing a lot of student stuff. I started looping again, which was nice. And uh, got no, uh, rewrote Crust. We got the notes from the table read and addressed them. And I started the Crust Puppet. Wow. is starting to be built. And I, we'll explain that more. Maybe we'll have a Crust show. I don't even know. Okay. But uh, it's actually starting. I went and met with uh, Eric Porn, who's done, and that's his real name. Uh, he's done a I lot. I didn't think you had nicknamed him. Yeah. He, uh, too dead on. He... Uh, we talked about it, and he sent me pictures of the beginning of the puppet. I'm very excited. The the monster crust, as you will hear more about in the future. So today we're going to talk about our topic, and I'm going to talk about instead of uh, stories from the set, it's going to be stories from the premiere Great. of uh, Three from Hell, Rob Zombies, which was really fantastic. And before we do that, though, we're going to have uh, Miss Phenomenal talk about why it's important to rate and subscribe. Well, first of all, I do want to say to everybody who is listening to this uh, later on that actually you can join the show live. So we are on AfterBuzz TV's YouTube page every single Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We actually have people in the live chat talking to us right now. Ooh, neat. Um, people talking about Sid and how he was in everything. Also, just talking about why they like this show a lot. So if you want to join us live and join the conversation where you can ask questions, make sure AfterBuzz TV's YouTube every 3 p.m. Wednesday Pacific Standard Time. And then, of course, wherever you are, give us that thumbs up, that five star, write a comment. That is how we know what you guys like to hear. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I say it three times, even though you can only do it once because it takes me three times of saying it for you guys to be like, oh, yeah, maybe I should actually subscribe. Even if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you might think you're subscribed and you're not. Just go click that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. It also really helps us get new fans, which is what will keep this show going for as long as possible. And as always, I love to read some of the comments that we have gotten. And Sean, I have a very special one for you this week because I decided today to go back to our very first episode that we ever did and read a comment from Forrest Pruitt, who wrote to us and said, This series is a phenomenal opportunity for actors to get great information about what it really means to work in this industry. I encourage all my students to listen slash watch to this show. Doesn't matter what category actors may believe they're in. This is great for all actors. On the same first episode, one more comment, Sean, that I will read from Sheila (laughs) Mohabohpour. Sorry if I butchered your last name. I tend to do that. She said, I am so excited about this. I've been waiting for a show like this. This is all such valuable information and a really great way to understand if you really love the art of acting. At the end of the day, having the right attitude. So I really appreciate these comments, guys. Yeah. As always, if you write a comment, we will read it here on the show. So on iTunes, wherever you are, YouTube, leave that comment and you might get a shout out here. Yeah. And and to transition, uh, that Forrest Pruitt is a teacher in Memphis who always talks about 
you know, the kind of things I teach. I've done workshops down there. Now, he is in Memphis, and I'm actually going down there October 19th, people in the Memphis area. October 19th, the actors tune up, and I'm going to go do some improvisations towards creating sketches or short films that we talked about in creating your own content. And we're going to dive really deep into scene study about believing place and environment and how that affects your acting. That's October 19th in Memphis. Dear Memphis, hide yeah. your broccoli, hide your dips. Wow. The, and, and remember my episode about the palm tree and the... Roxy put it on a wall and just stand is standing in front of it. And and, and what is it called? Ruminating. Ruminating. You know that's just my problem. Not John. letting it go. Nope. So uh but also on that note, just north of Forest is my friend Alan Dysart, who also teaches an acting place in Nat- Nashville. And he called me up to tell me, and this was your news, Mr. Funtabulous, that two people came to his studio and said that they came to his studio because they heard it mentioned on Sean Whalen's acting podcast. Wow. Isn't that cool? That must be this one. Yeah, it's this one. It's this one. So that is exciting news. So, all right. Let's, wow. Let's Jeff has no in. opinion on that? I, don't I thought know. he was going to be excited. I, I didn't know. want to be intrusive, but I was just thinking that is so cool. I mean, just the yeah. fact that the podcast is so regional. Like, that's, that's yeah. not a small... The fact that you had two specific fans in that specific part of the country, huge, right? Huge, yeah, huge, huge. pretty great. And, and, yeah, yeah, and and what I like about it also is our goal was to make a show for everybody everywhere, and so obviously if they can appreciate it in Nashville instead of just for New York, L.A., Atlanta, you know what I mean? Like, How can you say everybody everywhere, Sean, and not think of clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere? I don't know. No. <laughs> what is that? What? From what? what probably what is the it? wrong age for this, Sean. That no, would what? be a, a Barney ref. Oh no no no! I we <laughs> my ex wife and I no my ex wife and I were like no Barney. We didn't uh, let them do that, and we steered them into the Wiggles, which was fun for all. That's cool. Fun for all. Good work. They all were right. they were really really good. You know what, Sean? I'm actually really excited about this topic today because this is something that all the time I think my actor friends think about. Let me book it. Let me book it. Let me book it. And then they don't think about what happens when I book it. Yeah. What do I actually have to do? So this is a really big one today. Listen, Roxy said when I met her and I was finally going to be on the Tomorrow Show, I handled it well up to then. But if I became like a freak after a nightmare you gave on me the a, show, right? Or gave me, you said, oh, next Wednesday. In between when you told me and that Wednesday, and I got panicked and weird and stuff. That would have canceled. Yeah, exactly. I said, Sorry, yeah. uh, we have another exactly. Guest. And so that's not what you want to do. So just know these simple things. When you book it, you're going to find out. And I'm going to talk about the whole spectrum. If you have an agent, your agent will contact you and tell you that you booked it. Um, and if you are not and it's independent, obviously, if you gave an email on Actors Access or self-submitted on Backstage, you'll get an email. And sometimes, if it's even smaller, a friend of mine uh, that I did a short for is getting into some festivals right now. Just texted. I texted him and said, hey, I can do it. I said, great. I, let me check, see what we're doing with other people. And he got back to me very quickly and said, yeah, you're going to be doing it. So it can come from many different sources, especially if you don't have an agent. It'd be a text, email, or a phone call. Usually it's going to be a text or an email or, well, you know what? That's not, that's Sean, not true. you told it me I booked Crust on this show. 
So that's correct. You guys might find out. So you might find on out a podcast on your you do. podcast that you host. Mm-hmm. That's a way to find out too. That that seems like a very specific. And that's of. usually the first call is just that the first call. I remember when I was I was back east teaching a um, workshop in pet, uh, outside of Pittsburgh in the Barrow Theater in Franklin, Pennsylvania, and I was out to dinner with my girlfriend, and I stepped away, and I was told that I booked the um, Magnum PI. So, and that that's all that first thing is going to be. So once you know that, they'll say usually, you know, details will be coming, okay? Trust that. Please trust that. Don't call them an hour later. Did you hear anything? Did you, have they told you anything? It's coming. You booked it. Take a breath. And, and realize that that next step will be coming, okay? So let's just say they say next week. What do you find out when you first find out, when you get that call? Usually they're going to tell you when, when the shoot. Yes, you booked it, and you're going to be working on these two days next week, Thursday and Friday. That's clear, right? Because you told them they were clear for the availability when you were put on hold, uh, and you say yes, and usually it's very general information. So that's what the first call is. They just want to make sure that you say verbally or through an email or through a text, yes, I'm in. And you say that, Sean, before you know the information about your rate, the hours that day. That stuff has usually been negotiated or talked about before, you know, as it as it goes in, before, like, I'll get an audition and they'll say, it's a SAG movie. And, you know, I have to remind them, there's like four levels of SAG. There's mm-hmm. regular SAG, there's low-budget SAG, there's ultra-low-budget SAG. You have SAG. to remind who? My agents sometimes to say, you know, which SAG is it? You know, and they say, oh, it's moderate, low-budget, you know? So, um, and that will determine to say, listen, I will go in, but if there's no wiggle room, I probably couldn't afford to go if it was an ultra low budget. Um, Based on, you know, my teaching and all my other obligations, it wouldn't make financial sense for me. Um, But you usually know what it is when you go into the audition room. It'll say on the breakdown, and we talked about the breakdown on the other one. So you'll know already. Um, But uh, what... That that will be finalized. If it's an independent, that's maybe when you'll talk about it. It could happen right then. I had an independent that I felt really good about. We talked about it a few episodes on the show. And they said, hey, they want to book you. Here are the dates. They kept moving it. And then they came back and I said, same, obviously the same rate we discussed a few weeks ago. And they said, oh, hold on. And I went, hold on? What are you talking about? They came back and said, oh, oh, it's actually this now, and said it was a third of what it was before. So that caused, obviously, some problems because the deal had switched from what they initially pitched me to the actual booking. So if it's a smaller one, you probably will kind of just reconfirm. It's not a bad idea if it's an independent and you're on your own to say to the person. And just to clarify, you know, it's the moderate low budget rate that we discussed for these days, blah, blah, blah. Sure, that's usually going to happen. Sometimes if they switch it on you, then you have every right not to commit 100% until that's cleared up. Um, if that happens eight on with your agents, they will say, hey, you know, we'll call you back, we'll get into it, and they will handle it. 
So that's kind of the two ways it can go. Here's a here's a thing that I don't think people t- think about, and it's bitten me in the hiney a couple times. And I say hiney because that's a this I'm that's the edge of this show. That's how edgy I'm going to oh, be. Oh, if the Charmin commercials can say hiney, you definitely can. Yeah, I don't get me started on those. My hiney's clean. No, no, just oh, yeah, that's I'm Charmin clean. Literally, literally one of the literally one of the grossest commercials i've ever seen i just think it's so gross in every way i love it because a little boy because he runs and sweats and doesn't wipe properly they're terrified of his underwear awful off just but his hiney's clean is the point yeah charming clean yes i understand but the implication is the worry comes from the fact that it may not be and we have to know that the fear is real well because they might not be that's right because that's what they're implying, that a young boy would never wipe properly or, you know. I don't like it. That's just me. I'm sure. Seems a little Mr. close to home. Mr. <laughs> I was that kid, okay? I was that I kid. I am that bear. I am that bear. I am that bear. And I didn't, we couldn't afford Charmin. So you do the math. Single quilted. <laughs> okay, so uh, here's a good question to ask. And I don't think people think about this. Is, oh, your book Thursday and Friday, uh, Roxy, on this movie. Assuming your book Thursday and Friday, what do you think your hours will be? Well, long days, twelve. Let's 12 say twelve hour, hour day. day. Yeah. From when to when do you think? Probably like eight to or seven to seven. Yeah. Right. Seven in the morning. Seven. Yeah. What if right before and this has happened to me? Oh no, it's a night shoot. Yeah. And you didn't ask. You. That's a. If they don't tell you or. From the audition scene, you said, you know, outside at night, hopefully you would know that and you could clarify. But if you get that, say, is it a night shoot? Is it an evening shoot? And there's a split. A split is you start at 6 p.m. so you can get some daylight in and then another six hours in the dark. So it's fair to ask what they mean because we all have to adjust our schedules uh, accordingly. And some people would say, hey... You know, I have a bartending job and just tell them that I'll be in at, you know, 10 as opposed to 8 when I usually am because I booked this thing and I'll be there for the last few hours. But you didn't know. Right. And that it was a night shoot. So that's a fair question. And are you saying in the initial phone call to clarify that? Yeah. If they say the dates and just say, hey, just asking, is it a night shoot or whatever? That's fair. But then let all that stuff go. Sean, they call you. They say, you booked it. Yep. Here are the dates. You say... Okay, just clarifying what uh, is it, is it a night shoot be, yeah. and is it the rate that was previously agreed on? Yeah, that's fair. I don't think that's out of line. I have no problem with anyone asking that. And again, as an actor, especially if you're on the phone and the way you craft your emails or your texts, it's not what you're saying. It's how you're saying it. How you're saying it. Are you saying it in a respectful, you know, nice way, self-deprecating, not too pompous? That comes across as... Oh, it's someone who wants to know as opposed to, oh, boy, they're being demanding right off the top. Um, then you wait a couple of days, and then you're going to get uh, a second kind of communication. It's usually going to be this, and this is usually via email. A PA, a producer, or the director, if it's a smaller project, is going to send you the final shooting script, which will have your scenes in them. You'll probably get it via email these days. In the old days, I used to get a, 
you know, a delivery person from 20th Century Fox drops off that thing you do. I mean, that was really cool, and you felt really special. But now you get an email saying this is the final draft. Um, Interesting you said a couple days, Sean. What if you booked something that's pretty far in advance? Uh, they, they usually will send it pretty quickly just to get you locked in and then they can move on. Yeah, even if it's a few weeks away, they usually send it to you pretty quickly. But if they do that, as you go closer and closer, let's say it's five weeks out, you may get different drafts until you actually get there. I've had scenes where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in five scenes. And by the time I show up after a few emails, I'm in two. You know, it's shrunk. Or sometimes it's even gotten bigger. You never know. And this is especially if you do TV sitcoms. They do rewrites every night. And you get new scripts every evening. And uh, also the same of soap operas, the same thing. Then you will get a call <clears throat> excuse me, from the wardrobe department. And they need to know. This is bigger. We're talking bigger. I'm, I told you I'm going to talk big and small. Bigger is a studio production or a pretty higher budget independent and you will get a call from the customer, and they will ask your sizes. The sizes are, and I know mine by heart, I say, I've done this, let me just run them down. And I just say them because I know them by heart. They first ask you your height, then they ask your weight, they ask your hair color, that's for the color palette, how to work with your color palette. They ask your shirt size. Uh, your Now, do, can I ask you for women, do they ask your neck size? Um, for men, they always ask neck. I am also asked about my chest. Oh, so for women, Often. you're going to ask chest size. Yeah. Men, they ask neck. Okay. Uh, and then sleeve, your sleeve length, your pants, meaning uh, waist and length. So I'm a 30-30. Always have or been for a while. Uh, humble brag. Is that a humble brag? I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny, no? No, I don't know. Yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, uh, yes it's a humble brag. I'm very <laughs> proud of my 30s. And Better, when I got to 31, when I got to 31 a couple of years ago, man, that was bad. Yes, I remember really that. Bad. It was a tough call. Tough call. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> then shoe size, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You can say seven, and if they bring you a seven and a half, that's fine. But I, you know, I'm shoe size seven, very small. And then hat I haven't known for a long time until I needed it for something. And it wasn't even a movie-related thing. I needed it my head size for something. And uh, I'm seven and a quarter there. So that's really easy to do. They you go on YouTube and get, you know, a they show you how to measure your hat size. Mm-hmm. It's very easy just to know it. And those are what they'll ask you every single time in that order. So I always know. Uh, 5'8". 150 brown oh i forgot eye color blue eyes uh uh, small or medium 15 neck 32 sleeve 30 30 pants seven shoes seven and a quarter hat so i just know that i run them down and then if it's a smaller production or sometimes even in a bigger production, they'll say, okay, we're looking for these. So the very small independent short I just did a few weeks ago, uh, I said, what are you looking for? And he said, dark colors, um, dark muted, maybe even a dark jacket, some slacks. So what you do is you pull stuff from your wardrobe. I'm listening to Anna Kendrick's book, and she said, 50% of the clothes you have are yours. 
50% are audition clothes or wardrobe clothes. Uh, so I brought, when I got to his set, because we literally drove ourselves and met him in the parking lot, and then we went and shot on the UCLA campus, I had all these pants and shirts on hangers, asked him you know, what he liked. He picked out the shirt and the pants that he liked. I thought he wanted a jacket. He said that, and he thought, you know what? These are good enough. I don't need the jacket. Fine. And we were good to go. So sometimes you'll bring your own, and that's what you'll hear from wardrobe uh, and a lo on a low budget. So that's how that's handled. And then what you'll get called for if it's a bigger production or a bigger independent is a call time for your wardrobe fitting where they'll have you come in and try on the different costumes that they've pulled, take pictures, and have them for the director. So that's what happens next. Then, as it gets closer, you're going to get more specific about dates and, and where it is and miles and how to drive there, driving directions. And let's tangent a little bit. Let's take a detour on a plane and talk about travel. See what I did there? I do, but I still have a question about wardrobe. I felt really Your transition was it's, good, uh, it's all It all just goes back to the broccoli. I'm Go just ahead. curious, Sean, um, for people whose weight fluctuates yes. or for people who uh, might be pregnant or whatever it is. You tell them who, where you are, obviously, at that time. And when you go in uh, and you let them know that. Or do you just yeah, say, when you do the sizes, are you saying like if it's really far off? Well, because you said then as it gets closer, it might be a month away. You might be somebody who is on a diet or is right. somebody who does. I, I have. If you feel you're going to fluctuate more than, I'd say, five you know, pounds, five to eight pounds in a place that you know where you lose weight that will affect you. Uh, if it's a little bit of belly and it's not going to change your shirt that much, don't worry about it. But if it's somewhere like, oh, it's going to be in my butt or my boobs or my my neck's getting fatter or something, then just send the – because usually costume people and makeup people are the nicest people in the world. You just send them a text or a call and say, hey, I, may, I hope that doesn't mess things up. 90% of the time they're going to go, five, ten pounds isn't going to be a big okay. deal. Usually. But that's a great question. So travel. If it's a small production – um, you will be told there probably won't be a call sheet, so they'll tell you where and when to be there. My friend and the small one uh, that I just did at UCLA just said, hey, meet me at this parking garage at this time and sent directions to get there on a text. That could, that's the, probably the smallest you'll get. And, and that may be the same thing on any other kind of small project. If it's a bigger production, you're going to get a call sheet, which goes over everything you need to know. So this is basically for travel. This is you shooting semi-locally. This is the call sheet for something semi-local. What is considered semi-local, Sean? Within, uh, I think, within an hour, hour and a half drive maybe. Um, something that you don't have to get on a plane or a train to get to. So this is a call sheet, um, if you can see, uh, for the people that are listening on iTunes. Um, it's a – gosh, how do I do that? What? The people listening on iTunes, how do you I – You tell them what it's like. I tell them what it's looked like. There's, it, there's, it looks like a big grid – with a bunch of different boxes and lines, and they fill it in with all this information. The first thing, you have the title of the production up top. This was Milk and Cookies. 
a my man Graham Denman. I'm going to tell him that he uh, was on my show. I mentioned him because it was a very fun shoot. It was a short film he did. Um, usually on the front sheet at the very top, it'll say the producer, the director, the DP. As a, they've always talked about the weather, what it's going to be that day, because it's effective if it's an outdoor shoot. This one was indoor, so it wasn't. Which What the day for this call sheet is, the date, and day one of one. One, it was one day shoot, so it's day one of one. Obviously, if it's thirty day shoot, it could be fifteen of thirty, whatever. Uh, they usually tell you when your lunch hour is, um, and then the production office where that is. It wasn't applicable because it was in a house. I did hear someone talk about this on a YouTube channel when I was studying this, who said, "Listen, always know the difference between parking. There's usually sometimes there's a base camp." where everyone is located and then you shoot at a different location they'll shuttle you there and a lot of time the base camp and the parking is there but sometimes parking is in one location and there will be a shuttle to base camp where that's a different that'll be where your holding area is wardrobe food and then there may even be a shuttle from there to the actual location so make sure you know where to park by checking and usually it will be indicated very clearly parking will be here and they will give you very detailed instructions they always tell you the nearest hospital set it's required so you know if anything happens to you they you're close by um, then it will say the location this one says the residence the address of the residence the parking as you said street parking and the contact then they break down the scenes and the description and so this one said interior living room Crystal tries to eat a cookie. Dad shuts it down. And then they have the cast number. Have you ever heard, like, this was, I was number one on the call sheet. Mm-hmm. And I was number one on this call sheet. And it was one, two, and three people. One and two. And then the pages that you're going to cover on the script and your location. So that's the order you're going to be shooting. So let's just say you were the last scene of the day. When you go down to your time, you're probably not going to be first thing in the morning since you're later i forgot to say at the very type they always say call time and the call time is for the crew and if you're in the first shot so this crew time was 9 30 but if you look on mine under my role since i was a dad my call time was 10 30 because the crew needed time to set up all the shots and everything and so they have a list of the cast numbers, who you are, and then when you read the cast and scene, you just match your numbers to what they say on the cast list. So what's the difference between call time and set call? Set call is, that's a great, uh, set call means when you will be out of hair and makeup. Uh, where, where so when you are called to set. When you're actually about to shoot. That's set time. So that's a really good one. So costume makeup, hair, you've eaten whatever food meal you're going to eat before you get there, and then set call is when they really want to start actually shooting. So if it is a uh, very prosthetic heavy or fantasy or something, your call time might be several hours before. Mine was three hours before when I was doing Star Trek. So I would have a 6.30 a.m. call with a set call of, you know, 9.30 or 10.30. So that is definitely some. So it will uh, differentiate on there. And then it talks about extras or background people, transportation, craft, 
excuse me, the name of the craft service. And the transportation catering. is? Transportation is the transportation department if there's a lot of trucks and vans and things like that. Uh, then they talk about the set requirements, the props needed, the special effects, the vehicles, the wardrobe, the makeup, and they'll describe what they need for the set that day. And then on the back, on most of them, they have the departments and the department heads. So there's a production department, an assistant director department, a camera department, grip and electric department, catering, craft, continuity, hair, makeup, art. So is this really useful for us as actors? Yes. And why is that? Why would I think this is so useful? Because this is a perfect way for you to learn people's names, especially hair and makeup and people you're going to be interacting with. How nice is it to walk on the set and go, oh, you must be Chelsea, or you must be Graham, or you must be Jessica, because you kind of looked at the departments ahead of time. Probably the guys driving the electric trucks and things like that, you won't. But if you could know the director of photography's name, the AD's name, it's really nice resource for you to know people. I always do that. I always either highlight or I write them in my phone after I meet them because the thing is you have to understand they have been talking about us forever because they've talked about us in a production meeting and in a makeup meeting and in a hair meeting and in a costume meeting. Everybody likes to feel known. Yeah, and that's right out of my networking book, uh, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Everybody likes to know that, that you know their name. And it's much harder for us to know their name than it is for them to know us because they've been looking at our picture and talking about us for a little while. So this is a nice resource. You do your best, and you know what? If you're not great and you studied and you forget and you're you know, into your part, just say, I'm terrible at names. Remind me your name again. Just be honest. That's the way to do it. But this is a call sheet. If you can't see it, guys, just go online. I just Google call sheets on uh, iTunes. I'm sorry, YouTube. You can look. Uh, Mr. Fantabulous is putting up this call sheet to kind of scroll through it and show you. So that is a call sheet, what you will get usually the night before because they don't know what your call time is going to be. So again, be patient. They didn't forget you. They might be going late. They might be 9 or 10 at night until you get a text that says, hey, check the call time, and then you check your email and you'll have your call sheet there. Quick tip, because you said that a lot of people, um, if it's a lower-budget thing or an indie, they'll yeah. just send you a text. Yeah. What I will say is you can find these templates online. Making a call sheet is super easy, and it does make the actors and everybody on set feel more comfortable. So yes. if you are listening to one of Sean's previous episodes where we're talking about creating your own work, yeah. uh, then I definitely recommend if you are producing something or working on something, making sure that you do have a call sheet because that's in your control and you can make them. Yeah, it's almost like going in a hotel and they took the time to put a few plants on the lobby versus not. Right. It just makes you feel like, oh, they care a little bit more. Yeah, and, and yeah. you can do it. So Yeah. Quick question, Sean. Yes, sir. So, like, if I have a noon call, yes, I can, sir. and, like, I have a friend visiting, I can go out that night and get kind of, have a couple drinks because I know they're not going to bump up my call time at 10 p.m. the night before. Great question. <laughs> no, that like isn't the, the case. You could do that, but I would keep your phone nearby because you never know. What can happen is they say, due to weather, due to something else with another actor, due to a problem with the electric, we have bumped up your call to 6 in the morning. That happens, and it has happened to me. So 
you would just try to be really careful. I would, I would, you know yourself and how much you could drink or whatever, but I would always assume that things can happen and your call time can change. What if you cannot make that anymore, Sean? What if you were flying in from somewhere or... Then that would be conveyed beforehand. Okay. That you would say, hey, Sean, you know, they say, hey, we need to bump up Sean's scene. He's not available. He's not, he's got a, you know, thing in the morning that he's booked and he's coming over here from that set. Or he's flying in that time or his flight doesn't get in at that time. Then they'd have to come up with something else. Okay. Okay. So then if you have to travel somewhere like I did for Hawaii, uh, they sent me, I got in touch with what is called a travel coordinator. Or or if it's a small one, sometimes it'll be the producer who helps you. They'll talk about your flights. They'll talk about what times are good, what airport kind of seats you like you know they need your name they need your correct spelling on your id and your date of birth so uh those things help them book the flights in your name you'll discuss the best travel for them like when i went to hawaii i turned in my first class ticket for two uh regular tickets economy tickets so my girlfriend could join me they sometimes do that sometimes they don't you know but uh but a lot of times the travel, you will have that taken care of through a producer, if it's a small one, or a travel coordinator. And they will help you, and you'll get an itinerary with everything. Ho- everything. Hotel and plane, uh, itinerary. Ask, feel free to ask logical but necessary questions, like, who's going to pick me up? Will they have a sign by the baggage claim? What should I look for? Do you want me to step outside? Do you want me to meet someone somewhere? Just things that make it easier for everybody. Again, do it in a respectful way. Um, so those are kind of the essence of what happens beforehand when you get booked and with travel. And the call sheet is the kind of godsend to really give you all the information that you need. And you'll even get one if you're traveling. You'll get one before you get on the plane. At what point do you reach out, Sean, if you have not heard? You've heard you booked it, right? but you have not heard from them. Let's say it depends on it, – it's going to depend on when they say you're going to shoot. So if it's – I would say at least two to th- – I mean, if it's a travel thing, you know, and anywhere, obviously, four to five days before you're supposed to actually get on a plane is reasonable to check in absolutely like three days before you're supposed to get on a plane if it's a local thing i would check in i would say like three days before is reasonable to start a conversation to just find out if they in. know. just checking in just seeing how it's going i like the sound of your text by the way just checking just in. checking in and but sadly that's not going to come on your text it'll just say just checking in yeah Checking the F in, yeah. Yeah, checking the F in. It is an important point you guys bring up, though, because I will tell you, if you're stressed about not knowing the information for this production call, the producers are much more stressed about it. So, you know, just gently checking in, that kind of verbiage communicates that you are gracefully and elegantly acquiring information. Much better than, hey, why haven't I heard my call time? Right. Don't have attitude with any of this stuff. Yeah, I find most likely they have not forgotten that you don't know. Yeah. They are not certain what's going on yet. Absolutely. So. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the way that we do it is is the most important thing. Be someone who's a pleasure to work with. You know that I talk about this all the time. So obviously all the way up to the set before you get there. And we're definitely going to do a show about how to act when you get on a set. 
when you actually get there and walk in the room, we're going to be doing that probably in the next few episodes. So that's really how to handle yourself before and what kind of information that you're going to get so you feel comfortable. So let me move on from stories from the set. My big premiere, Three for Hell. Thank you. And one of Rob Zombie's most successful movies in years. Thank you very much. That's me waving on the red carpet, by the way. But usually it's, you know, Sean, 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 over here, Sean, you know, Mm -hmm. they take your picture. Was that what it was like? Well, yeah, you've done that. I'm just wondering. Yes, it was. For you. It was. It was really neat. It was the first time that I had. What's your go-to face? Mm. Are you smiling? It's a good one. Yeah, I smile. I definitely smile. Yeah, I think I do it with teeth. Yeah, I think I do with teeth. I'm trying to see, do I do no? I don't do a closed mouth. I do it. Sorry, you said it was the first time. That seemed more important than me asking about your face. Yeah, it's true. It was the first time that I had fans screaming, going, autograph this, autograph this. And do you? And I walked walked down the line and signed a bunch of stuff. So that was kind of cool. That's really nice. It's kind of rough because sometimes you just know they're going to sell it. (laughs) Because they would say, hey, sign it to Mike, sign it to Jim, you know, but they don't. But you go, all right. Um... And what was really neat, I uh, just had a couple really humbling moments. My girlfriend and I are big fans of Patton Oswald. We saw him. I walked over to him. I said, hey, nice to just want to say I'm a fan. And he said, hey, great. And he kind of was not really looking at me because he was busy with something else. And then he looked up and caught my face. And he goes, what? I'm a huge fan of yours, too, man. Nice, So nice to meet you. And we chatted for five or ten minutes. And we said, let's definitely... Uh, say hi at the party afterwards. That was really nice. Then there was a young woman, uh, an actress, uh, the um, Asian actress from uh, Pitch Perfect, who I thought was so funny. She kept looking at me. I was looking at her. It wasn't like a you know eyes across the room romantic thing, but it was just like, oh, man, I'd like to say I'm a fan of hers. And she was kind of giving me this weird look, too. So uh, I just walked right by her, and I just said, just want to let you know I'm a fan of yours. She said, dude, I'm a fan of yours. And we started this really good conversation. We got uh, Is it pictures Hannah May together. Lee? Yes, Hannah May Lee, yeah. And she was uh, very friendly, and we had a really good talk and uh, got on each other's social media and said hi and things like That's that. That's great. And then uh, the greatest part of it was that, my scene was in there in its entirety. I saw Rob beforehand, and I said, man, I thought I was never going to be in it because I think I told this story on the set. When I finished with him on the night, it's the last day of shooting, he said, man, that was fun to shoot. It was like it was in a different movie. And I thought, oh, that's a great thing to feel when you're shooting it, but not really great. When you're in the editing room, you might just go, well, this feels too different. Like a different movie. So in the actual – and so after I was done, there's a big joke about grape soda in there, which you'll see if you watch it. Um, and it's my joke that I went from milk to grape soda. So I'm a beverage actor. That's got what I'm, grape I'm, soda. Got grape soda, exactly. But I sent them because Rob wears – Rob and Sherry wear jackets with a lot of pins and buttons on them. And so I sent them a little pin with a grape soda – uh, cap on it. That's really cute. Yeah, and she, so that was after the premiere. That was no, that was actually after the shoot. Oh. And so when I saw Sherry at the premiere, she was like, "Oh my god, Rob wouldn't let me wear my grape soda pin, but I really wanted to because she had a really nice dress." And she's like, "He he wouldn't let me, but I love That's it. Thank great you that so she said much." That, yeah, she totally remembered, and we were just lo- loving it because on that set, I actually Sherry and I and Rob wrote our own scene. We wrote the entire scene 
based on some a character choice I made in the there's two scenes and the first scene he liked what I was doing so we re- rewrote from scratch the whole second scene made it funny quirky and every line was in it the editor came over and said Rob was loving what you were doing there was even one take where you have this button line which I won't tell you but there was only in a couple of takes, but he loved your improvisation so much. He's like, he's like literally every frame that you shot of that scene is in there. And I'm telling you, you're part of Rob's John. family. Yeah, I, I, it's hard for me. to You know it's hard for me to talk about this kind of stuff. It makes me feel I'm not trying to brag. It just feels good. And it will really help me in the horror convention world. I want to get out and meet more fans. You're just and solidifying yourself just there. Just solidifying myself there. And it, listen, I love meeting the fans. So it's it's really, really great. Uh, the movie was really fun. The crowd loved it. The after party, I got to see Brandon Trost, who directed me in American Pickle, which is Seth Rogen's new movie. He was there. I got to meet Eli Roth, a big horror producer. I got to talk to Danny Trejo there as well i love him yeah i talked to a bunch of different people and they had really strong cocktails so we could only have one but it was it was just a really really fun night and i met a producer who we had a nice long talk and he said you know we gotta i gotta get in touch with you so i got a card and a phone number i talked about that parties social events sets walk away with a phone number walk away with a connection and so it was all in all, it was just a really, really fun night. I've been, you know, wondering if my scene was going to make it for a while. And it did. You know, and it did. So I was very, very happy. So it was a great night. Congrats. And uh, it's always nice to get those little moments. You know, people get really nice, you know, staff meetings and things like that a lot where they cheer everybody on. We get our premieres and they're not very often. So it's nice when you get it. So, uh, Roxy, where can we find you? Well, you guys can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Uh, Mr. Fantabulous. You guys can find me everywhere at Jeffrey C. Graham. And for any Bachelor fans, I do daily updates on our reality channel. So, uh, Mike and Tasha, a lot happening there in case you're what? curious. What? Yeah, you'll have to check it out. You'll have to check nice. it out if you're a fan. Yes. Mike and Tasha. Yeah, there are photos. Fo- Roxy, there are photos. Wait. Wow. How? I need to watch. You gotta watch. At that guy, SMW, Instagram and Twitter. And you please join me on Sean Whalen Peeps on Facebook. As always. Thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.